Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. I love our C3 tribe. Yes. I love being with you all. Uh, you're our family. I know. And just hearing these good news stories from each of the churches, we celebrate with you. It's Brilliant. like there's Brilliant. a new birth in the family yes. um, out at yes. Queen Bean, so we're celebrating I with know. you. And, uh, and and talking to Susie just before, like you're having your biggest Sundays ever. Come on. So this like house of Come prayer on. thing, Ooh. it's really working and um, we celebrate Brilliant. with you. Church is expanding and people coming new to church and back to church. It's yep. just wonderful. Um, All the growth that you've got to tell us uh, about here at Watson. At Watson, Boom. because you've got the two morning services, so it just creates more opportunity for people to come to church. And you came back. Did you like sign a contract before you went that you would come back in a certain yeah, period of time? important. No. There's the tip, pastor. Sign un- the contract. Unwritten if, the, if your pastor doesn't contract. ask you to sign a contract, maybe they don't want you back. Just, oh. no, no, just, just, just saying. Oh. Just saying. So sign a contract <laughs> and put a date on it, all right? So you're, you're coming back or to build do this. C3 online. Right. Online right. college. Or, online yeah. college is, stay is the way church, to go. Stay, yeah. stay here, <laughs> online college. And, uh, and all we've of got that. a lot of that. And uh, Bell Conan, we yes. think, and Mel. Yes. Um, just brilliantly. Just yeah. and And... And not just here in Canberra, right. like throughout Australia as well. Because, yes. I mean, our C3 church. Overseeing Victoria, these yeah, guys are. Overseeing Victoria. Helping us relaunch Express 2.0 with Mark Kelsey. So Ooh, Nick's kind of the point man planters. to make that happen in Geelong yes. next year. So the, the influence of, of Canberra. Yeah. I know it's national in a political sense, but from church, there's a lot of influence coming out of this place. Yes. And we spent the weekend at Monash. And, yeah. Uh, you know, so we've, we've been overseeing the, the Steve and Deb now for over a Ever, decade because forever. we oversaw them at Kingscliff. And then when they moved down here, um, pretty soon after that, maybe long, not long after you moved down, we began to oversee. And, and I just got, we just got to tell you, um, the church... The, the atmosphere of the church this weekend was the best it's ever been. Yeah. The sense of unity, the sense of buy-in. Uh, I said to the team at staff this morning, it feels like Stephen Deb's church. Yeah. It's like there's this great sense of alignment and buy-in to them. And uh, you guys are movement heroes uh, for yeah. what, what you've done Love in coming Stephen down here. To, oh, my to, goodness. To walking into a very difficult wow. circumstance to love encourage, to empower, <laughs> yeah. to journey through people, to journey through their, their, their realm and to be very gracious and patient but still leading strong. And the church is in, it's just planting, that's a sign of health, and, and it's just on the verge of a new season of growth. You can feel it in the atmosphere. So come yeah. on, honour your yeah. area directors, yeah. national yeah. heroes. And part of our national team. Part of our national we team helping us. So, so well for done. Us, releasing us yeah, well done. to it's, do what we need it's, to do. It's a great vibe. Babe, you, you, if people didn't hear, uh, at national conference, you preached an outstanding message I called The preached. War Room. Who, who, who listened to that? Now, if you haven't heard it yet, Danielle kind of told your prayer story, didn't you? Yeah. yeah your journey. Yeah. From the early days of us trying <laughs> to pray together. Yep. 
that didn't I work. I wasn't so a big prayer, and I, you know, I didn't like praying out loud because I thought it wasn't a good enough prayer compared to a lot of other people's very sophisticated, very spiritual prayers. And I, I would have to sort of rehearse my prayer in my head before I prayed it out loud, just so that I knew that I wasn't going to stuff it up. Right. And um, and then when we tried to pray together in our early marriage days, <laughs> you were super keen. I was, I was keen. Just like, like, oh, I'm happy what... to, you know, like pray in my own personal quiet time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you like. Encouraged we me went on a journey, gently. didn't we? We yeah. went on a journey. Yeah, we did. And I, the last particularly, I don't know how many years, the last maybe five years particularly, yeah. Yeah. Dan's just become a powerhouse in prayer. And so at conference, she told the journey of what's happened, how, how she's come alive in prayer, and how um, really the, the, the heavens shake now when she prays. She has such a power and authority. And it's, ah, so you've got to watch like it. That song Tremble. Yeah, yeah. Now you've got to watch like, it. So you can Google on YouTube. You can YouTube uh, War Room, C3 Australia, Danielle Pierce. And all of the all of the sessions oh, for you. conference were, are up there, so I really encourage you to go and check them out and have a listen. Everything and, uh, I know, I learned it from you. Oh, like, you're funny. Like you're the you're, guru. You're, you're the guru, you're the prayer guru. But I was going to say, um, if you didn't come to conference, right? Ask your pastor, can you come next year? Yes. To uh, the Gold Coast. Yes. Uh, for our national conference, because we really have such a fun time. About awesome. six hundred people from all over Australia come and gather together. It's a great place of connection, meeting people from other churches, yes. and plus you learn some real practical training as well as inspiration and just time with God. Um, Yeah, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, it looks like we've got um, Dr. Sam Chan coming for us and uh, Pastor Brian Houston. So actually we're doubling up uh, next year for speakers and it's going to be a very powerful time. Awesome. Awesome. Are you done with me? I think so. There it is. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank my beautiful wife. I was telling Monash yesterday because, you know, every, every time you visit a church, you need some connection points, okay? So just to connect with people. And a good way to connect is honour, which Nathan did beautifully when you got up here, just shared honour, and it really opens up people's hearts to connect. But, but humour is another way. So for years I would go to a church or a place like this, and you've probably heard me say it, uh, Danielle used to be a midwife. That meant she had a deliverance ministry. Okay, yeah, yeah, and, and the response is normally better than that. But you've already... You've already heard it lots of times, okay? So, so now I'm, I'm, I'm developing part B of that. I'm, just, I'm really in the, the trial phase, so just to trial it. So for a while, uh, for a while she was like, uh, I'm a pastor, and I'm a midwife, and I'm a pastor. And she was like, do I give this up and lay it down for the ministry uh, and serve God, or, or what do I do? And I like to say that she had a midwife crisis. Oh, okay, that's working. That's good. You know, what you, you know, like keep that as part of the part of the routine. You got to love. Thank you, Mel. You can come everywhere and just laugh. That's awesome. So good, so good. Well, it's uh, it's really awesome to be here. Uh, I, you know, in praying about into tonight, I feel like tonight. Uh, I do need to look at the clock just so I, you know, I'm aware. It's Monday night, right? Come on, we had church yesterday. Most of us on Monday night are normally comatose. Like, oh, that was such an exhausting day. Don't talk to me. And here you guys are out on a Monday night on fire. You, you were preaching Korea yesterday or something, Paul, were you? So here you are. So if if, if Paul's here and still awake by the end of the night, you. You can make it through. No doubt about it, right? It just, yeah. Put those, those on the outside of your glasses, those open eyes. Put those on the outside so that it looks like you're awake. And, and that, that'll work. I used to w- watch a guy in church growing up who, when the, the preacher was going, he, he uh, mastered putting his Bible on his lap, putting his head down like this, looking like he was looking at his Bible in his seat and falling asleep. And he would do it every week. 
Mr. Fox. Every week he'd be over there and he'd mastered that position. And it was quite funny. There was another guy that, we, that I grew up with, classic, and he had like a sleep thing, you know, like an actual sleep thing. And he would fall asleep standing up in praise and worship. I am serious. And we're like, and everyone sits down and we're like, Gerald, Gerald, sit down, wake up and sit down, wake up. And so it's a thing, apparently. He had to go and have a, what do you call that? Narcolepsy, there we go. So he had to go and, you know, the guys had to keep him up all night for all these sleep tests and classic, absolutely classic. So no, none of that tonight. Just if your neighbor's nodding, elbow them, keep them awake. We're gonna, we'll be here for a little while. And, uh, and then I wanna pray for some people tonight. I really feel like uh, God wants to touch some people, wants to heal some people here tonight, uh, wants to release something uh, in the atmosphere. In fact, what, what I felt like the Lord said uh, into this um, meeting tonight and in kind of like an assignment. I always like to say, okay, God, I'm coming not just to preach a message. I want to have a sense of what's my assignment in this place tonight. And coming in as a national director, coming in with, a, with, with authority from God, what, what are we doing in this place? And one of the things I felt the Lord took me to two kings this afternoon, just as I was praying about it. And there's a story in two kings where, where they basically say, two kings six, one to seven, and, the, and the, it says, the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, the place where we dwell, well with you is too small for us. All right. And I felt like right at that point, I felt like um, there, there was like a, a spiritual constraint in the churches of this area. And it's like there's been a ceiling over the churches in this area. And it's like there's a, it's too small. There's a, it's not, not, we're not talking buildings now because each of your churches have your own building, right? Which is just awesome. So not talking buildings, we're talking spiritual space. Uh, we're talking city-wide ceilings, atmosphere-wise, that, that are very real. When our church uh, be, be, uh, hit 500 as a, as a church in our community, the largest church that had ever grown in our community uh, was, was 500. And it was like when we hit 500, we hit this spiritual ceiling and all hell broke loose. And it was quite similar to the hell that broke loose in the other church that hit 500 and is now seven. And so we, we hit a real sense of something in the atmosphere. And my, my feeling is uh, that, that there's something in the atmosphere, in, in the spirit realm over this city that, that is real, but you're busting through. And I feel like tonight is going to be a significant night in shifting something of a ceiling over this place for us together doing this together. That's part of the assignment, I feel. The place where you are is too small for us. And so then, then they said, please, Elisha, this is a school of prophets, let's go to the Jordan, and let every man take a beam from there, and let us make there a place where we may dwell. So he answered, go, and they went there, and they moved on down, and then they got in this place of cutting down trees, and chopping down trees, chopping down trees. Chopping down trees to me speaks of prayer. It speaks of preparing ground for something that you're going to build in the spirit realm, okay? So when it talks about chopping trees. So Mike and Sarah, you're, you're, you're going to Queenby, and, and, and you know, it's, it's you know, social media, it's meeting people. It's, but the primary work you're doing right now is in the spirit realm. The primary work you're doing is you're chopping down spiritual trees to create space and room in the spirit realm, aka the family kickback, all of that. You're cutting down trees to build something for God in the atmosphere. And all of us, in terms of the life of our, our church and the spiritual realm, the church is always first built in the realm of the spirit. And then out of the realm of the Spirit, so inspired by Jervis Bay, Bill, the story, that I'm like, I almost thought I don't need to preach tonight. Bill has preached my message about prayer. Brilliant. Brilliant. Loved it. Okay, and so the, 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 we've got to understand that strategy is very important. 
Systems and structures are very important, but primarily, first, the the church is built in the realm of the Spirit, and the realm of the Spirit is is where we go. And so they're in this place, and they're chopping down trees, and they're making room, and someone says, Alas, Master, the iron axe head fell into the water as they were cutting down the trees. Alas, Master, it was borrowed. So the man of God said, Where did it fall? He showed him the place. He cut off a stick, threw it in there, made the iron float, and he said, Now you pick it up for yourself, and he reached out his hand and took it. And as I was thinking about this story, I felt like the Lord say that there are, there are people in this room, people in this place who have been praying and chopping down trees, overcoming stuff, personal stuff, church ministry things. And so there are some people in this room, at some point the axe flew off the handle, uh, and whether it was through discouragement, whether it was because you're chopping away at this tree and it just you didn't seem to be making any progress and and that thing's gone flying it's like nothing's shifting nothing's moving you know some trees can take a, a big big trees can take a long time to cut down and it might feel like you're swinging the prayer axe but nothing's moving but can I tell you every prayer counts Every chop in the spirit realm counts. And so it's, and what I felt like God said today is stir the church up and stir people up to go and get the accent. I, tonight I feel like I'm, I'm, my role is to be Elisha, the man of God, and say, guys, come on, let's rediscover your, your prayer realm, your spirit realm, which is going to be the key to breaking through into churches of a thousand in the city of Canberra, Pentecostal churches of a thousand in the city of Canberra. That's what I see happening happening in the spirit tonight. All right, are we doing okay? I'm going to get hot here. I'm going to, I, I might actually get a keyboardist if I can, and I'm going to take this off. So if, if, if I can get some danger music, because I feel dangerous, except I've got a big watch. And... There it is. Got it. Oh, thanks, man. Good job, man. You're all over it. Lay the mantle on the water later and it'll all open up for you. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not quite sure. All right. Okay. So, okay, so we're, we're picking up the, the prayer. So this, this is what I, I want to release tonight, a re-passion, a re-burden for a place of prayer. Let's, let's catch what's on Jervis Bay and let it begin to sweep across our churches. And I already know that, that your prayers, I can feel it as I stand in the atmosphere tonight, but I know there are some people and you've been dispositioned from your place of prayer. And tonight God wants to get you back into that space. We, uh, we just came out of it. Well, we're just finishing up a, a month of miracles and a, a time of prayer. And we did for the first time 10 early morning prayer meetings. I feel backslidden tonight. But we did 10 early morning prayer meetings. 6.15 till 7 o'clock. What I loved is we had 60 to 80 people every morning in our church turning up, learning how to pray, catching a spirit of prayer, because prayer is a spirit. And you catch it not by being taught, but by praying and praying alongside people. You catch that spirit. And so we had this, and we've, I know Monash is going into a time of prayer. Uh, and I, I, see, I see something being um, released tonight for people to go into that space that will have generational impact, that will have 
spiritual ceiling smashing impact as we go into that place. And I'm thinking of the story, you know, Elijah in the New Testament is held out as the hero of prayer. The Bible says in James 5 that Elijah was just like us, same passions, same flaws, not super, not super Christian, not super pastor, had, had all, all the same emotional issues and challenges that you and I face. It says, yet, I, yet Elijah prayed and it didn't rain for three years. And it says these words that the, his effective, fervent prayer was what availed much. And I believe there's a call from God tonight in the atmosphere to back to a place of effectual, fervent prayer. And there's, if we were to follow the Elijah through and go, well, how did, how did he pray? What did it look like? We'd realize that, you know, one of the great stories was on, the, on Mount Carmel. And we, we know the story of the, the showdown on Mount Carmel between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. And, you know, the, the first part of the story is fire coming from heaven and the best barbecue you've ever had. And then all the prophets of Baal getting killed in this showdown. And that's, that's half the story. And sometimes we have a showdown in the spirit realm that's half the story. We have a cancer battle. We have a building battle. We have some serious issues to overcome, a financial battle. And, and there's this showdown in the spirit. And, and when you get through it, you can quite easily go, ha, oh, we won the showdown. But the problem is, the showdown was about coming rain, about who we're going to worship. And so it would be very easy for Elijah to walk off the mountain and go, well, we won the showdown. Awesome. We won. We got the building. We took the ground. We overcame that issue. We turned the culture around. We've won. But Elijah realizes that that's only half his assignment. The other half of his assignment is to pray now that the showdown's been won. The spiritual battle has been won over who's in, who's in control of the spiritual atmosphere, who's on the mountain controlling the realm of the city. Love that photo, by the way. Who's in that place of spiritual authority. But now he's got to use the place of spiritual authority to get into a zone of prayer to bring a victory. And he gets up there and the Bible tells us, it's, I think it's 1 Kings 18. The Bible tells us, but Elijah said to Ahab, you get going. He says, because I can hear the sound of abundance of rain. I can hear it. Can't see it, not a cloud in the sky. Dead dry. Nothing's changed. No, apart from fire, barbecues, and a lot of blood of the prophets running down the stream, nothing's changed in terms of the spiritual climate for rain. And when I think rain, I think souls, I think growth, I think reaching a city for Christ, build, be, building buildings and overcoming situations are important milestones, but they're only milestones to get us into a place where the rain breaks, where the drought breaks, where the city turns around for Christ. And so Elijah gets up this place and he's got the sound. He can, he can sense in the spirit realm something's rumbling on the inside. He's got this sound of rain. The sound of rain looks like the, the promise of God that you've received from that rhema word God spoke to you. The sound of rain looks like the, the picture that you saw in the spirit realm when you began to pray for something and nothing's changed, but you've got that internal picture. 
the sound of rain looks like the, the prophecy that the prophet came and prophet Fergus or prophet Vicky or prophet whoever came to your church and prophesied something over the house, something into the atmosphere. And so that's the sound. The sound doesn't pay the bills. You can't go to the bank and go, good news, I've got a prophecy. And I would love to buy that house with my prophecy. I've got a picture on the inside of a spiritual battle that we've won. Can you just, Danielle and I had a prophecy from Vicki Simpson a number of years ago that we would, um, that God wanted to put us in a different house. You might very like the one you're in, but God's got a better one for you. It's higher, it's bigger. It's gonna change your outlook about yourself and the coast. It's gonna have water views, all this stuff. She prophesied over us. And initially I thought that that was her prophecy for ourselves, for herself she was projecting onto us. Full of faith, I was, full of faith. A couple of years later, Pastor Phil's preaching in our church and, and, he, and he puts this line out there about self-image and he says, you will prosper to the level of your self-image and you'll grow to the church to the level of your self-image. Those things are linked and that'll be the ceiling on whatever you lead is the way you see yourself from God's image. And suddenly I'm like, hmm, maybe God does want us to get a bigger house, a better house. Maybe that was a word from God and my poor self-image is blocking what God's wanting to do. So we go back to the prophecy, listen to it. Beauty of iPhones, you can have prophecies and play them everywhere. So I begin to pray it. And so then we find this house that's double the price of our old house. Well, the journey was actually, in the journey of it, we got given $100,000, totally out of the blue, unexpectedly. I think God might be up to something. We sold our house at an auction in about, before auction in about two weeks for $50,000 more than we thought we were going to because someone fell in love with it and bought it. Then we're thinking, this is absolutely awesome because if God's moving that quickly on our behalf, this is going to be sensational. Then we spent the next 18 months moving from temporary accommodation to temporary accommodation to temporary accommodation dog eating Dan's beautiful shoes and the kids. Anyway, we won't go there. But this this sense of persevering going on. But during that time, we've got this prophecy we're playing. I've, I've, as I've prayed and gone after it, gone to that place of prayer, I've seen things. I've seen, we, we found this house that was double the price. Well, more than double the price of our old house, way off the radar, way beyond what we would think. And we're offering, we're offering $300,000 less than they're asking for it. And they dropped the price by $10,000. Like, woo, we're making progress. At this rate, by 2025, I'll be down like 100 grand. This is awesome. Anyway, but here's the thing. We've got the prophecy. It's that's the sound. But in, the, in praying, I, I, one day I saw us walking down the road, this the road with an army of angels and like we're coming to, to dispossess in the spirit realm. I saw that was the first picture. Then I saw another picture while praying of on top of, uh, on top of this house, there literally being um, demonic forces and we were spiritually throwing grenades in to get rid of them. And then my final picture was a, a removalist van pulled up to this house. This is over a period of 18 months. I saw these pictures in prayer. And so the, the sound on the inside of me is coming from persevering prayer. I can, I can feel the sound of abundance of rain. We can feel the sound of the house. And eventually we had, you know, we're persevering and we're praying and we're believing and we're crying and all of the different things. Eventually we had a breakthrough and they dropped their price by almost $300,000. We move into this house. It goes up another, like, really ridiculous blessing. The ocean views, gorgeous house. 
Now I'm praying on the ground of a miracle that God's done for us. Our faith has gone to another level. This was a few years ago. Okay, so this is the sound. God wants you to get a sound on the inside. That doesn't mean you go, oh, okay, awesome. Got the prophecy. I'll just kick back over here, Lord, and have at it. You, you, you know, you gave me the prophecy, so that's your thing. He goes, no, 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 no. I've given you the sound on the inside because I want you to pray. I want you, and so here's what I love about Elijah. The Bible says he gets into the, the position of prayer. He gets on his knees. He locks into this position of prayer. And he stops looking at the circumstance himself. And he, and he gets his servant and he sends his servant to look. He goes, go and look. Can you see a change in the atmosphere yet? And he comes back and he says no. And he doesn't go, oh God, you're not answering my prayer, are you? No, no, he holds the position of prayer until what he senses on the inside, the sound of abundance, until he, se- until he senses that thing shifting and he holds it seven times, the Bible says, he sends his servant. You'd think God would answer it straight away because that's what he did with the, light from, the lightning from heaven. Boom, as soon as he cries out, the boom, light comes. Lightning comes, burns the whole altar, including the stones. But this is different. What won that battle isn't going to win this battle. There needs to be a new realm, a new perseverance, a new passion in prayer. And so uh, prayer in that place, it comes out of that place of the picture, the the prophecy, the the, the promise from God. What did God say? We had a list of scriptures that God had given us and we just kept praying. God, you said, you said, this is what you said. I'm reminding you what you said. I'm reminding you of your promise. And that's that's the place of prayer that God wants you to get into. Like the widow, I love the widow, who just basically harasses the judge until she gets what she wants. And the Lord says, Jesus says, that's how I want you to pray. You permission to harass the father. And it says another place when the servant comes uh, at midnight to the neighbor, it says that the neighbor didn't answer them because of their friendship. The neighbor answered them because of the persistence. God won't answer you always because he's your father. He won't answer you because He loves you because of your relationship. Sometimes, this is Jesus saying, there's a type of prayer that only gets an answer when you just annoy the heck out of God. It, it says in uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, I think it is, that we give Him no rest until He establishes His promise on the earth. And we're like, oh Lord, if it be Your will. And the Lord's like, I told you it's my will. That's not up for grabs. I told you it's my will. You've got that promise. Now the issue is you harass. Now, now there's, this, there's this perseverance I want to pull out of you. Like my kids, if I tell them, guys, we're going we're gonna to buy you a bicycle. I promise you. Right? And I throw that out and don't check with Dan. And later on, oh, okay, no, I've promised it now. When my kids come asking for that, they don't come up and go, oh, dad, I know you said we could have a bike, but I don't know if you've changed your mind or not. Like, would you... Would it be okay with you when it's convenient for you to give me a bike? That's not my kids. My kids are walking in. Hey, Dad. You know how you said I could have a bike? And you know how you're like a man of integrity? What you say, you do. I know you always do. You don't want me to go to Instagram with this story, do you, Dad? 
They, they, they come and remind me of my nature and remind me of the promise and they will harass me until they get what I've promised them because they know it's in my nature and your heavenly Father has a nature where it says His Word will not return to Him void. He is able to do what He sent it forth. And so you and I can come to God and go, Hey, Father, I'm in Your presence, but I'm just reminding you. You said we'd have a city-shaking church. We said, you said we'd break through these barriers. You said healings would happen every Sunday and every day of the week. You said we'd reach the rich and the poor in our city. I'm reminding you of the sound that I've got on the inside. It's a group of people who get that. They get passionate. But they persevere. They don't, they don't stop. Some people are like, well, I prayed. I, I chopped the tree. And I got worn out. And, so, and nothing seemed to happen. And the tree is still exactly the same. And so I lost the iron gave up. You don't realize. One chop away sometimes. One chop away. One hit away. Maybe it's turn around from the other side and start hitting. You're you're so close. Danielle, uh, when we were pre-dating, I lived with her brother. We were in a bachelor's pad. Uh, It was a pink, it was an old pink house that pretty much no one else would live in except for the young guys had carpet in the toilet, which was a terrible mistake as a, as a, as a design for a group of young guys. It's not good, Nick. It's just, it's just not good. And when we moved out, it got demolished and units got put up and, you know, it was due. Anyway, Danielle, so I live with her brother and, and my best mate, Anthony, his little sister would come around to visit. Unbeknownst to me, she was falling in love with me. And, you know, I think of it as there's one of two things that was going on here. Either uh, God's divine gift of mercy for me was flowing in that moment through her. Or the other, other times I think, well, she's only human, right? So I'm just not sure which one, which one of those, the gift of mercy. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, no, okay, don't answer that. So she gets this sound on the inside. She'd actually, when I went back and spoke at um, the youth in the, year 12 dinner that she was at and I'd been at that school she was in year 11 she heard me speak and and she heard a voice from the Holy Spirit she didn't realize it was God but it's, you're going to marry that man God spoke that to her now she didn't tell me there's a tip for everybody in the room she didn't tell me that or I would have run a mile she, in fact she never told me I don't think until we got engaged or maybe married so she had this sound from God on the inside and if you ever drive the, the drive between Brisbane and the Sunshine Coast there's this there's a, there's a creek called King John Creek. That's my creek. Okay. And I'll tell you why it's my creek. Because Danielle was working as a midwife, refer earlier joke. They just bought the house down and I'm on a roll. <laughs> Thank you, Mel, for another laugh. <laughs> You're really helping me. <laughs> so the earlier, the earlier, she was working as a midwife in Brisbane. And, and unbeknownst to me, every time she would drive, drive across the river, across this creek she would pray this prayer and it went something like this dear God I love John and I want to marry him is that what it was dear God I love John and I want to marry him now I didn't know about this in fact she was moving down there and she'd ring me up and say I'm in Brisbane but I really want to be part of the church and you don't want to be part of the youth leadership the youth team and I'm like oh no Brisbane Downs is a great church you should go there and then she'd ring up next week and go no I really want to be and I'm like Eventually, the penny dropped. She pray- but here's the thing. She prayed that prayer. Here's the power. She just prayed that prayer. Every time she went over that creek, every time she went back, she prayed that prayer until 
we're engaged. There was a, you know, a cloud the size of a man's hand appeared at that moment. She prayed until something happened. And this is what prevailing prayer does. You just get something in the, on the inside. You get passionate about it, front-footed about it, and you prevail in the Spirit. You push back against principalities and powers. You keep declaring what God said, not, not if it happens, but until it happens. And then if it never happens, it doesn't matter because something is being built into you that God will redirect to something else in a moment. It's the, it's the way God develops us. So that's the, the sense I have in this place tonight, prevailing prayer. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.